The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about how to use referral marketing to turn every client into at least two more at least two more. That sounds tasty, doesn't it? Now, at the end of this episode, we know you're going to have questions and want to chat about how you could apply this in your business and to everything that you are doing. So we have a free Facebook group for exactly that purpose. It's called, drumroll, the email, oh, we haven't got a drumroll, the email marketing show community. Brrr. It's full. He's got every sound effect under the sun except a drumroll. Um, say what I'll do. As soon as you've said it, I'll play a random one. Okay. It's called, I've lost all the suspense now, the email marketing show community. That'll do. There we go. Um, and it's a, an amazing community full of thousands of uh, business owners, just like us and you, talking about email marketing every single day. So to find it, it will not be any surprise. You just go to Facebook and search for The Email Marketing Show Community. Or if you're closer to a web browser like Chrome or Safari or Edge or Firefox or Netscape, just type <laughs> robinkennedy.group and it will forward you right over there. I don't know if Netscape will actually forward you there. Uh, anyway, it might forward you to the 1987. Uh, he's recording today's episode from inside a wardrobe. Has he been a naughty boy? We'll find out. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he's working his way through all of the Anthony Horowitz books. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. Robin Kennedy. So, did I pronounce the yes. name right? I'm always nervous about people's names. I, I, that's how I've always said his name. Uh, me too. I, I just assume so. I've never even uh, heard anybody say. So when you say it, all is, of them, how many is that? Oh, it's a lot. He's prolific. I mean, in case you don't know who he is, he's the guy who wrote loads of like Foils War. Oh, uh, that's him. Uh, yeah, and uh, Midsummer Murders. He wrote the three latest James Bond films. Is as he well. like a million and two years old? He's not that old, but he's written like a million and two books. Like it's really good mystery. Novels, amazing, oh, absolutely no amazing. Like no like okay, I, I know we said when we get back into our next recording session, we're going to switch things up a bit. But you've, uh, you've, you're in the wardrobe. What, what's going on? Yeah, so obviously we normally record these on the first Wednesday of the month, but we were in Florida for our mastermind on the first Wednesday of this month, and so uh, we've recorded it on the middle of the month. And as a little Valentine's on Day. On the middle of the month. On the middle of the month. And, I, love, uh, I love being on the middle of the month. I totally had overlooked the fact that I'd also scheduled to have my bathroom ripped out and completely refitted, uh, which is right next door to my home office. So I'm currently at Rachel's mum's house in the spare room, and there happens to be a little sort of made-up standing desk arrangement in the wardrobe, if you if you use your imagination correctly. And uh, I'm stood mm-hmm. in that. It's lovely. Uh, there's some lovely frocks behind you. <laughs> I've been trying them on one at a time. <laughs> throughout, throughout today's episode, if you can see the video, it'll just be Rob quickly switching frock. Today's episode <laughs> is sponsored by Bon Marche. <laughs> it's not. It's bloody not. They're not paying a penny a sods, but they should. Use anyway, Bob hello. and Kennedy 10 to save 10 minutes. No, you got ready. <laughs> Yeah, you, I don't even know if you can go to Bon Marche anymore. I think it's probably closed. No, probably not. They don't, their, their customers don't use the internet, so they won't have a website. <laughs> Hello, we're a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who give course creators, coaches, membership site owners, everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero of your business. That means you get to make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday.
Yeah. Yeah, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on a single episode of the show. We want to give a massive shout out right now to uh, Brad, who uh, joined the league a little while ago. He joined on the first of this month, right? And this is just mad, by the way. He jo- talk about action taking. No, actually, I think it was back. It was back on the. F- it was the, just for reference. It was the first of February he joined. Actually. Oh yeah, joined on the first of February, and um, just for just like a big shout out for action taken. Joined on the first uh, for a very specific reason. Brad joined because he wanted to run a flash sale campaign, and we had just added our four day flash sale campaign into the league membership. So he joined, and uh, he joined on the first. He ran it from the second to the sixth because it's four days long. He made just under four thousand dollars. It was like three thousand nine hundred and something. Um, and on the back end of that, then put a whole bunch of those people into his membership too, which is obviously monthly or annual, one of the two, recurring revenue too. So like $4,000 almost in the in the kitty straight away. Uh, do people still say that? In the kitty, immediately. I don't, I don't, my poor cats are going, don't you put anything I'm, in your kitty? I've said it, unless you need to smuggle it through airport security or something, and then you've got to put the cats somewhere, and that gets even more difficult. Anyway, um, so he ran it from the 2nd to the 6th, made just under $4,000, and a bunch of people into membership. So he joined just for one thing. Um, uh, but bearing in mind, it's a relatively low-cost membership, made of almost $4,000 in his first four day, five, well, five days as a member, four days of sending emails. Insane. It just goes to show, if you Amazing. take the list you've already got, run the campaigns we give you to them, those are the kind of results that somebody like Brad can get. Amazing. Absolutely great stuff. So hats off to you, Brad. I can't, um, I can't help but shift this mental image you've now given us of like, right, I've got... I've got uh, 20 grand that I need to get through customs because you've got a 10 grand limit. I've put that inside me cat. Yeah. And basically it's like, um, you know them you're Russian the dolls? You're things you're not then, allowed through airport security. And then and then you've got, uh, they're inside the cat and then the cat's inside of a dog. And then it's like the old woman who swallowed a fly. Yeah, and the I don't dog's know why. inside She's... of a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's just in a massive bag of marijuana. <laughs> that's what it is. So that's our traveling tips on this episode of the show. Anyway, shall we uh, talk about this uh, referral strategy? Because it's really good to be able to bring in clients, but a really good way of really growing your business, especially if you've got like a coaching business or something like that, where you, where you, or something where you do it one-to-one or one to a very small group anyway, to be able to turn each client into at least two more is just game changing. Yeah, I mean, this is an absolute dream, as you said, specifically for coaches, people who are like service businesses. We've got a bunch of people who listen, who do things like graphic design, funnel building, copywriting, stuff like that. Things where it's a very either one-on-one or like if you're a coach you could do you could do this with a small group so if you do like small group intakes of like 10 15 20 maybe even 50 people you could do what we're about to talk about because you have quite a high touch that's really what you need here it's like a high touch conversation one-on-one or with a small group with each of your clients and this came from the fact that uh kennedy when obviously we became friends through being entertainers first and kennedy was really focusing on being a busy corporate entertainer which is like a a weird world that you've probably you may well have experienced from being uh in the corporate world like you might as you're listening to this you might think oh yeah god i remember going to conferences and they wheel out some magician to do some tricks well basically that was kennedy (laughs) (laughs) proudly proudly me yes and basically i've i've been doing that for like 15 years right 15 more more than 15 years and i came up with a strategy where i thought well if i could turn every gig into at least two more then my my business will just grow 
exponentially. Like, every single time I do a gig, it turns into two more. Every time I do those two gigs, they turn into two more. It's just it's just an absolute dream. And there's a few elements to really doing that. Uh, before we get into the real, like, the nuts and bolts of the strategy, one of the first things you want to do is create some kind of memorable hook. And what do I mean by a memorable hook? You want to manufacture a memorable hook. So give you a little bit of behind the scenes, uh, pulling the curtain back on the email marketing show on this podcast, and that to, to how we did exactly that. So we were sitting around thinking, we really don't have a memorable hook. We've got the, uh, we've got the memorable, it sticks in your head theme tune, which was specifically designed to be one of those things that just sticks in your head. So annoying and simple. We, we, we manufactured that definitely. And then, but then we were like, what else can we do to make sure that this is memorable? This piece of marketing is memorable. Because of course, the point of the email marketing show is to share ideas so much so that everyone goes, oh, actually, they do know what they're talking about. And they can help me with my email marketing. And they'll, and you'll come and join the league. That's, of course, what we want you to do, because we know that's where we can help everyone the most. So we're sat around and we get, there's a whole bunch of things we do during this show that are specifically designed to, to have that one outcome, which is get people to come and take a look at the league. And one of the things we didn't have was this secondary memorable hook. And that's when we came, one of us, I can't even remember who the hell it was. I think it was me back. I, I don't know if it was. Anyway, but this idea of email marketing Wednesday. And this was one of those things where it's so obtuse. It's so weird. Like email marketing Monday would have been like nice and alliteration. It might have sounded a bit nice. But email marketing Wednesday sounds really weird. It sounds kind of crap. And it's purposely crap. It's purposely a little bit shit because that means when Rob rolls his eyes and goes, oh God, I don't think that's very good, which is what we did for, I mean, Christ knows how many months. Until it wore off. Until it wore off. Um, That's what amplified this idea of email marketing Wednesday because another thing that creates memorable hooks in people's minds is tension and friction. So we were like, actually, during our show, we don't really disagree very much because we have very similar outlooks, especially on email marketing and business and, and some pieces of life as well. We actually don't agree on everything, but we, there's no tension. There's no friction. There's no drama in the show. What if we created it around that? And that made it much more memorable. So that's one of the things you can do is look for other ways you can create memorable hooks. And that's rolled into other things too, you know. So like at the start of every episode, we read out a fact about each other. That is by design because whilst honestly, we can't remember what facts we've given in the last 176 episodes of this podcast, um, people do come up and sometimes we'll think of one and we're going, oh, I'm sure, I think we've used that before. Have we used that before? I don't know. Have I just told you that once? Whereas people come up to us at events and they say, oh, you know, Rob loves, the only one I can ever remember, Rob loves penguins. I once recorded a podcast episode in a wardrobe. You know, like so basically they they have these like uh, this ability to, li- they have the ability to literally hook on to these little things that we come up with. So again, the fact that there's this running theme that every episode we have a new fact about ourselves means again, it gives somebody st- stuff to, that's one of our things. It gives people the chance to uh, cling on to. And that's really what you're looking for is something that allows, it also makes you more referable too. So when people refer our podcast, which we do, by the way, and we're already veering off topic into helping you turn every podcast listener into two more. So this does work beyond just getting clients. But like the the, the email marketing show is massively referable in terms of people telling people about it. We hear that all the time that people have recommended their friends starts listening to it. And again, 
it all comes down to having these these little things that make it easy to go. Oh, and they do this thing right at the start of every episode where they'll um, they'll like tell tell each other a fact about themselves. It's it's sort of a it's a it's a cool way of starting the podcast. And then they play this silly game when they have a guest on about the fact that the guest might have. And so again, that stuff makes it not only easy to remember but easier to refer because it gives you an interesting thing to describe. The minute there's a new Netflix drama on, if it has some sort of hook to it that's interesting, you've got something to tell your friend about. So like there's that one that came out recently where apparently you can watch it and everyone watching it watches it in a different order and they see the story from a slightly different perspective what an easy way to refer that netflix show i don't have to tell you what it's about who's in it who it was written by when it's on anything i just have to tell you that fact and it's interesting when it's on it's only on on tuesday night at four o'clock <laughs> um <laughs> on netflix. i meant when it gets released not like when it's on um but um yeah so th- th- those memorable hooks make the thing instantly more referable before we even really get into the strategy so not only does it make you more memorable but also it gives the person sort of a preloaded almost script to use about you so let's get into this proactive strategy because having do, trying to get referral marketing to work for you people say oh well if i just do a good job i'll get referrals and that's not true it's just not true no. i've seen the most talented entertainers that i've been able and fortunate to work with around the world on different types of platforms and they're just struggling for work because they don't have a proactive referral marketing technique or strategy. So my technique, I basically sat down one day and I said, okay, good. I need to turn every gig, every piece of work that I do, every client into at least two more. How am I going to do that? And it all, it starts off with the end in mind. And that is in the end, you have to ask them. And that feels eggy. That feels horrible. You go, well, I feel like nasty and, and a bit eggy and yucky and saying, hey, can I, can I, can I get a referral? Can you introduce me to more people? I need more work. It feels nasty. So I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to have to probably do that, how do I, rather than trying to find a replacement for that, which is quite difficult, it might not work. How do I make that less yucky, less sticky for us to get into? So that's why, that's where I came up with this technique. And I use this for more than 15 years to really grow my business and end up getting gigs, which are just beyond anything I could ever... I ended up working with people like uh, Mars, the chocolate and company, with like Yahoo, um, who just like just loads and loads of different massive companies because of this technique. So the first stage is really about planting the seeds. The very first thing you're going to do is when the person inquires about joining your program, becoming a client, whatever that is, I ask... Who was it who told you about me? Right? And they, they will, to begin with, they will start saying, oh, nobody, I found you on the internet or because of that ad or because of however they found you. And then at that point, we're going to act surprised a bit. We're going to be like, oh, <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> what? Golly, gosh, damn it. Slap your knee and tell me what? Like, you were going to be like, huh? Oh, that's okay. That's really interesting because most of my work that comes in is actually from customers recommending me to other people. And that does two things. By saying that, that most of my work comes in because of other people recommending me to, to people they know, does two things. One, it plants the seed that people refer me. So later, when I've done the bit of work and the work's complete and I'm going to ask for that referral, the seed has been planted in their head that people do refer me. So I'm going to feel less bad and they're going to feel less um, less closed off and guarded 
about that request. They're going to almost go, oh, that makes sense that you're asking that because I know in the back of my head that there's this familiar uh, resonating idea in my head that, that you do get referrals and people refer you. The second thing it does by saying most, most of my work comes from customers referring me and recommending me to others is it actually implies social proof that you actually must be really good. And remember, this conversation is happening before you've got the bit of work, before the person has joined the program, has become a client. So the fact you're saying, oh, does somebody not recommend you because most of our work's from recommendations? Well, now their brain has to tell them, well, this person must be good. You must be really good at what you do. If not only are you good that other people like it, but you're so good that they tell others, they tell their friends, their family, the people they trust to come and work with you as well. So it really helps with you getting that client to actually go ahead and work with you. So that's the first bit. During that initial inquiry, you're going to ask, oh, before we get into it and look at whether you're suitable for the program, can I just ask, where did he hear about it? They're going to say, oh, I saw the ad or I saw whatever. And you go, oh, okay, that's interesting. Just that most of my work, most people come to me because they've been referred to or recommended to me uh, by other clients. But that's great. It's great to hear that, that the ads are also working. That's great to hear. And then you carry on with the rest of the conversation. What is it you need? And here's the price and the investment and the blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and you take them through the sales process. You got to plant the seed. That's the first bit. Anything you want to add to that, Rob? That I've missed out. No, only that I think you just need to really f- just just sort of think back through that again as you're listening to the episode, and don't let the power of that slip you by. Um, I think it would be easy to go, oh well, you know they're busy. In your case, organising an event. In my case, trying to stop their business from tanking like a submarine. So like, but and that's true. But that that um, the conversation takes such a left turn from what they would ordinarily be expecting because normally people would say it's a bit like you know when people say hey hey, how are you and then they don't listen to the answer because they're only asking because that's the thing to do well basically when you say oh how did you find out about me uh they sort of think it's a fairly meaningless kind of like question you're just asking out of vague interest so when they answer it and and then you turn into this sort of shakespearean monologue of surprise and shock and awe uh, that like really stands out in their head. So that, that does sit there a lot more. But then, and this is the big key, that is only the seed of this. You then want to water that seed when you actually do the work. So when you coach them or when you get to the gig in Kennedy's case, or your case, if you've decided to become a mind reader, um, uh, you know, when you do the onboarding session with the client or something. And again, just sort of play play amnesia and go, hey, listen, um, remind me, who was it again that refer- recommended me? Which is a really good question to ask if you are being referred, because maybe you want to send a little thank you note or a little thank you present to people when they refer you, that kind of thing. And so I think, in fact, we can talk about that as well as part of this uh, at the end, which I think is a, a real thing here where, again, you get to you get to water that seed a little bit and remind them again that this is a thing that people do. People refer me all the time. And then when they say, oh, nobody, I just found you on Google or whatever. And you might be surprised, by the way, the first time, the first few times around, you might find that you were recommended by somebody that you've met before, worked before, uh, used to date. I don't know. Um, anything's possible. And then basically that means that you, again, water that seed and draw out m- more of this uh, belief in them. It's just building beliefs that this is a referable person, this graphic designer, this coach, this mentor, this whatever, is somebody who gets referred again and again. And again, this is this can be happening during, if you're a coach, this can be during your onboarding session, or this could be during uh, whatever it is that you do to begin that relationship with them. When you actually, you've got the work, they've signed, they're probably paid or something. Your first session, you say, hey, it's great to meet you. Or in my case, I was turned to the gig and I'd be there for the, the sound check and all the lights and the projectors and all that sort of stuff. I'd be doing the thing. The event organizer would come into the room and check everything was okay. I'd say, yeah, it's great. This is brilliant. Oh, remind me, who was it who told me told you about me again? 
who recommended me and they'll go, oh, it was either this person or it wasn't, it was from an ad. You go, oh, that's right, sorry. I, I know I probably asked you that before, but so uh, I just, I couldn't remember who it was. And because most of my clients are referred clients, um, it's sort of, yeah, I, I couldn't remember who it was. And that makes sense now because you saw it from the ad. That's, that's cool. Oh, cool. Anyway, and then carry on talking about the bit of work we're going to do, the event, the presentation or whatever it's going to be. So as Rob said, we've now sort of, Told the person in two different contexts, one either over a, a Zoom call or, a, or a, a phone call or whatever, and then one when we're really there with them working on the bit of work, so pre-work and working together. We've now mentioned this idea of referral. That means during the third phase of this referral marketing strategy, you get to show up and ask for a referral and it's not a surprise. It doesn't feel bad for you. And they don't go, what? He's asking or she's asking for, they're asking for a referral? No, they're not, they're not surprised. So I literally just say, hey, by the way, it was, that was great working with you. I'm really pleased with the result. That was a great event. Um, most of our work comes from um, word of mouth, as you know. Um, so I was just wondering if you know a couple of other people who would use whatever service it is that you reply, that you provide. So who are having events or who are looking for a graphic designer, who are looking for someone to help them with their promotion packaging or whatever that's going to be. So now we're going to ask for the referral. That gets such a bigger positive response as you can only imagine because of the groundwork you did during the first two phases of this. All right. So the three phases, then we're going to talk about the uh, the rewards for referrals thing in a couple of different ways, which I think you'll find really, really interesting and quite different. We've got a, a really interesting technique to share with you. Again, another thing I used to use a lot when I was really all full hog into being an entertainer. Um, but before we get into that, the three phases again are you're going to seed it when they inquire. You're going to water that seed once you actually start the work, so they've now had two chances to hear that and just it sits in the back of their head and then you're going to ask for the referral. You can even automate the asking for the referral. If you have an offboarding, an end of program automated sequence, again, you can put it into there, which is exactly what I did, right? So for me, it was all about automating all of that. So again, I had an automated sequence which would reply, uh, which would go out to them once the event was complete. It would ask them for a referral and uh, and then it would move on to asking for a testimonial as well. So they're really good things. But here's the thing. A great number of people will refer you, but some people, but what you want to do is you want to really amplify the people who are referring you and try and get them to keep referring you. Once someone's referred you once, if you can make them feel good about having referred you, they will do it again. And this is a huge bit that people miss out on. Yeah. So what we want to do basically is to then go ahead and effectively reward that referral in some respect. Um, and there's a couple of different ways you can do it. One of them is really interesting. We'll come onto that in a second. It's actually what we do with our membership, which is, again, I just want to pull out with, with this, that there's a lot of things we're saying, whilst this is a very specific strategy to turn high ticket clients personal clients, high touch clients into two more. There's a lot of the psychology of all of this, like the memorable hooks thing that can be instantly applied to a membership, a course or anything else that you've got. And so basically what we like to do is we like to give somebody uh, praise and rewards in some respect for becoming a, for, for referring us, for being becoming a referrer. 
Yeah, and so this is the way that I, I would do it. I had this idea, which was there was this, there was a, a really nice woman who used to refer me uh, a bunch of work, a bunch of gigs, and whenever she did, I would send her a gift as a thank you. Now, if you, you've got to look at the legality of gifting people within your niche and sector. That there might be some stuff within that, and um, within my sector, there isn't and there wasn't. Um, but just. Basically, as long as it's not a high price, like you can't go and buy someone a Lamborghini as a thank you because you might be seen as like bribing them and, and, and using sort of ulterior motives. But as long as it's a low cost gift, and again, in some industries, there is actual price point, which it has to stay under uh, as uh, with, with gifting and, and referral rewards like that, unless they're disclosed, undisclosed awards and rewards, right? But what I have is, is this idea, and we call them undrawables, right? Undrawables. And by undrawables, we literally mean things you cannot put in a drawer. So a thank you card, a handwritten thank you card, when the person receives that, they open it up and they go, oh, that's really nice and really thoughtful. And in that moment, it is really effective. But what happens to that thank you card? It might stand on the end of their desk or uh, um, it's clipped to the, the, the notice board for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks. But after that, it's going to be put in a drawer. We want to send referral thank you gifts which cannot go inside of a drawer or would not go inside of a drawer. What kind of things am I talking about? I'm talking about a coffee cup or a tea cup. People don't put those things in a drawer in general, right? They might take them home, which is great. You know, in another, another part of their lives, so even if they leave that job or leave that position or leave that company, they're going to still see that. My favorite one was really, really simple. Flowers. Flowers. I don't care if the person's male, female. I don't care. People, getting flowers is a, one of those things that people go, oh, that's such a cool, that's a, such a nice thing. And flowers never go in the drawer. And what does that mean? It means they get to show off without themselves having to show off that they're a good person, that somebody appreciates them. So in my case, I was often working with the personal assistant of, or some kind of executive assistant of a chief executive of a large corporation. And that person's usually heavily worked, very stressed, a lot, juggling lots of projects and feels undervalued. Always, pretty much always. So that meant if I then, after an event, send that person a bunch of flowers saying with a little handwritten thank you card that says, thank you for the introduction to Sheila over at Mazda. The gig went really, really well. She was really happy and I really appreciate you. That means a lot that you would take the time to make that introduction. What happens? She gets those flowers delivered. That causes a big fuss in the office. Who's sending you flowers? That's really nice, all right? That means that, that that this woman has to go and collect the, the flowers. Then the flowers are on the desk and the boss is walking by while she's feeling appreciated and showing that other people appreciate her. She's feeling appreciated. Other people who are coming by are saying, who are the flowers of? She's getting to talk about it. And now your name, your brand is getting talked about over and over again. And it's what's happening during all of this is the emotional response from that person is being positively amplified time and time and time again. So what does the person want to do? Naturally, they want to do it again. They want to refer you again because when they do, they feel acknowledged and then they feel this emotional feedback, which is really, really positive. So we call these undrawables. It's anything 
that doesn't fit in a drawer. And it could be a water bottle. It could be it, it could be anything, right? Have a look at these uh, different websites for, for different uh, corporate gifts that might give you some ideas. But again, this works an absolute treat. The other thing that we love to do where possible and where it fits is to do something that we call a double-ended incentive, which is basically to reward both parties, both the incoming new person and the existing customer too. So for example, members of the league... Uh, and if you didn't know about this, then you do now. Members of the league who refer other members of the uh, other new members of the league will get fifty percent off their next month, and the new member will get fifty percent off their first month. Now, of course, depending on what you're doing, you probably don't want to offer fifty percent off. That's very generous on our part. Um, but if you're doing like a high ticket service of some description, you're probably not going to make it fifty percent, but you can make it ten percent off your you know your um, existing client renewing with your retainer or whatever, and the new client coming on board. So. Again, you can make this double-ended thing and it could be cash off. It could be a little gift that's sent to them. There's a few different ways of doing that. Um, it could be credits towards something. There's different ways of giving these kind of rewards. Think about what your market are going to respond to really, really well. Um, so for example, rather than have an affiliate program for the league, we actually thought we've actually found our market like it more, just being able to get a little 50% off next month. They were being a member anyway, they might as well save that money rather than get it and go and squander it on, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever you'd, HMV whatever you'd spend that on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of ideas and a real strategy for having a proactive referral marketing mechanism inside of your business. And if you're sat there thinking, well, that's all good, but I don't have that type of program. I have a membership or I have a, I have a, a course. Good news is lean into the concepts of these. And within that, you will find ways of applying this. I promise you, you will just get a tiny, tiny little bit creative and you'll find them within it. If you want to find out more about creating really good, consistent streams of sales for your programs, whatever type of programs you are running, whether they're coaching programs or they're memberships and courses and things like that, if you would like to really figure out how to put together what we call your score email engine, then come and join us inside of our membership, The League. Go over to theleaguemembership.com, theleaguemembership.com. Check out all of the details of everything that you get that we hand you and take you by the hand to get you amazing results with your email marketing, building your business, and making more consistent sales. Absolutely awesome. That's theleaguemembership.com. Now it's time for this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Okay, Rob, what we got? You did that in a sort of, and now to Rob for the weather sort of voice. Anyway. And now to Rob in the cut. <laughs> um, so uh, this week's subject line is we waited full stop. Again, all lowercase with a full stop on the end. I do like that or a period of point for our friends over the states, over the uh, pond, over the states, over the pond, in the states. Over the states. All the way over the states into the pond. Um, uh, it's just we waited, all in lowercase, and then a full stop on the end. Uh, the story is about waiting for something. and But the subject line just has a sort of an ominous, an, an, ominous, an, an ominous sort of uh, feel to it, doesn't it? That's what we're going for. Uh, and again, it's drawn out of the story that I talked about in the email because the email was promoting the league, as most of our emails do. We can't pull a subject line from the league every time because it's going to get very boring very quickly. I'm going to run out of ideas. So we pull that from the story. 
That's this week's Subject Line of the Week. Subject Line of the Week. Well, thank you so much for listening to the whole show this week. Make sure you do hit that subscribe button on your podcast player because we're going to be back next week with another cracking episode where we're actually going to be talking about things that you didn't know that your email marketing platform could do. Can't wait to share with you. See you then.